100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning here on WHIN, brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com and, of course, at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. And on the phone with us as we continue to social distance is James Fenton, the economic direct, excuse me, executive director of the economic development for Gallatin, Tennessee. How are you doing, James? Good morning. Doing well. Enjoying it. That's a lot of ease in your title there, Executive Director of Economic Development. <laughs> well, um, to say that things are uh, slowed down and not happening and nothing's going on in Gallatin uh, is a complete falsehood. You have got a whole bunch happening. <laughs> we didn't see a slowdown. It's just been amazing. Yeah, um, it's great, but it's, it's like- a lot of the prep time that went into this to make all this happen, and now, boom, 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 things are coming to fruition like crazy. Yes, and that's true. This is a lot of what's happening now is three years in the making, trying to get here. So uh, uh, getting up to speed first truly uh, uh, did play a big role in what's happening here. But even things like our, uh, our sales tax, our collections are above pre-COVID projections. No. Things like that are really? happening. Yeah. That, that is, uh, that's a bit of a stunner. It, it really is. And that first month, we all expected a spike when everybody went and, and uh, um, you know, stocked up on everything. Sure. But sure. It, it continued on. Um, and I think part of it, though, is we had uh, two new car dealerships open up in the city. And those uh, generate a tremendous amount of sales tax for us. Yeah, because those are big ticket items, you know. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the obvious, you know, the biggie, uh, Facebook. <laughs> um, you know, now I know... All the stuff you couldn't really talk about, but we're hinting about, and now we all know. So uh, <laughs> what can you tell us? Oh, what a great company to work with. And its I'll be honest with you, it's still hard for me to say Facebook. It was Project Wohawk for three years, and I was under a non-disclosure agreement, obviously, so I couldn't even think about uh, mentioning that company's name and it, like i said it's still hard for me to say well you were but pretty you were pretty good about hiding the length of time too because i didn't know it was three plus years i knew i knew it was you know maybe a year or so but i didn't know it was that long yeah i signed a non-disclosure agreement on august 17th of 2017 no august 29th of 2017 so it's been yeah that long and it started actually as a different project name and went away for a few months and then came back as as Wohawk. So that's uh, well, you know, when you do when you do, months. when you do big things like that, you know, it'll ebb and flow. Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh no, this is not ever going to happen. And and those things happen <laughs> in deal making, don't don't they? Oh, without a doubt. And see, this was very competitive. We were not the only place in Middle Tennessee that they were looking at. And so for a long time there, it was us versus them kind of thing and trying to make our community, you know, shine as best as it can. And, and that's the one great thing about this job. I'm so fortunate to be here because this city is, has a 
tremendous story to tell. It's a it's a great great place, and so it's been it's been fun to, to share that. And and part of uh, the reason they're here is the whole community. Right, they right. like Gallatin. You know what's what's interesting? How hard it must have been. So, like you said, three plus years, whatever, around twenty seven months, um, whatever. You know that ballpark. Uh, you know when you did find out it was us, then you still had to be quiet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because there were yeah. other things to do. Well, that, that had to be the hardest part. <laughs> well, and it was. It, it, we, we kept it completely under wraps for 27 months, and then that's when the Nashville Business Journal leaked who it might be. And so from then on, it was unconfirmed speculation. Unconfirmed speculation. Yes. You said. got very good at dodging <laughs> and ducking, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, you know, and down towards the end, uh, especially as negotiations and, and uh, um, contracts started being signed, um, and they shipped us close to $10 million to get working on a, on a road project and uh, water and sewer improvements and those kind of right, things. Right, right. Um, we still couldn't say anything, even though it was... It was a, a fait complete at that point. Did, did some of the airport stuff have to do with that, too? Or was it, you know, just for access and different things? Or or did is that sort of unrelated? Oh, it's, it's unrelated. It is? That's, okay. Uh, I wasn't no, sure because, you yeah. know, if you have executives and, you know, more jets flying in or whatever, you know, you just never know. Mm-hmm. So, but I know it's a, sorry, it's, it's kind of a big, you know, you're looking at big picture stuff as well as, you know, the micro stuff as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to, uh, um, you know, make sure that the city is, is strong enough to support this. And that's one thing the city has done really, really well, is invest heavily and wisely in itself over the years. I, I just can't thank our elected officials enough um, and and our department heads and our particular our utilities, uh, David Gregory, you know, who eight, ten years ago, they invested $30 million plus in their water and waste treatment, water treatment plant. Mm-hmm. And it, and it you know, made the difference. If it hadn't been for that investment in ourselves, this wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of the hard part about public works things is they're not the sexy, easy things to get done. Mm-hmm. But when you do them, boy, the things that they can uh, generate. It's like planting a seed or something, a, a, a ugly seed. It's underground. You don't want to know about it. Um, you hate paying for it, but now look what happens. Right, right, and the, and people get upset when you dig up the roads, and I understand that, you know. But you got to dig up the roads to to put all this stuff in. So That's right. It's, um, it's 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 come to fruition. No, it's been fun. Okay, so there's this massive building that's going to be up. Um, it's almost a million square feet. Is that right? Correct. So I and think it's a lot of people. An H Go, ahead. Go ahead. It's an H shaped building. So there'll be two wings of 450,000 square feet and then another, I can't, you know, 60,000, 70,000 square feet to connect those two wings, which will be the operations center. Well, I think what happened was when they announced how many jobs were going to be there, I don't mean people hear about square footage and they think, oh, my gosh, thousands and thousands of jobs when this is a different animal. I mean, this is a whole lot of computers, servers, and a whole lot of really smart people, and there's maybe just around 100, but... Uh, these are not uh, lousy little side jobs. <laughs> no, um, no, Tony. Um, it's interesting. We have been, you know, up to pre-COVID, we've been at three percent unemployment here in in Gallatin for quite some time. Uh, since I've been here, the eight years I've been here, we've attracted over four thousand 
primary jobs in the manufacturing and distribution area. And so um, even though we've gone from, I guess we were at 8% unemployment when I got here, you know, we included on 3% unemployment, and there really wasn't room for me to go out and bring in a company that was going to hire hundreds of people. Because okay? there we was nobody to do it. don't have the manpower. Yeah. Right. We just don't have them, even though we're growing at almost 270 people a month right now. Okay, there's a study University of Tennessee put out that showed we were growing at... Uh, God, that's um, about twice as much as what I've people. been hearing. Um, yeah. You know, I think, and I, it, that was in 2017, 2018, and I think it slowed down, but I still think we're pushing 200 a month that right. we're growing. So even with that growth, we just, you know, got all those 4,000 primary jobs and realized there are multipliers, and so there's another 1.2 other people that have to fill the service jobs, the restaurants, the clothing store, the mm-hmm. gas station, all those, you know, to support that. So really, uh, there just wasn't room for me to go out and do that. And so the city adopted a strategic plan that had me specifically go out and, and aim for technology-related companies. Right, and you, uh, you had mentioned that. This was going to be a high-tech area. Mm-hmm. Diversify the employment opportunities and bring higher-paying jobs in. Manufacturing doesn't necessarily pay the, you know, there are maybe one or two people in a building that are earning $80,000 a year, but, you know, certainly not all of them. And so here, this, they don't need a lot of people to run it. It's completely different skill set, so it doesn't um, eat up the, the labor pool for the right. manufacturing. Right. And it pays well. So we're, you know, and this was, of course, Facebook is the second data center that we've attracted already under construction out there and going vertical is Archer Data Centers, mm-hmm. a company out of upstate New York, out of New York, out of them have uh, come down here and they're putting up phase one of what will be four phases, eventually 280,000 square feet of what's called a colo, which is a co-location data center. And that means they put the building up yep. and then other people will yep. come and rent space. They put them. all their servers and all their racks in there. Yep, Absolutely. And yep. they have these all over the world. There's not a lot of them, but, you know, uh, for security purposes and just uh, keeping uh, all of this, all these files, redundancy is super important. Incredibly important. You're right. And that's one of the things that's really exciting that we haven't really had a chance to talk about, Tony, is the amount of fiber that will be pulled into Gallatin over the next two or three years. Yeah, how is uh, that? How does that work? I mean, where the heck you, you know, we got to get hooked up to the internet somehow with super fast speeds mm-hmm. and tons and tons of data transactions going back and forth. Constantly. So again, uh, we've got companies that are, that are pulling fiber into the city for us now, so that uh, it can feed these uh, and take care of this. Uh, Facebook is what's known as a hyperscale user. That's used uh, the term used to describe a facility that large, and it's a single user. They're pulling fiber from four different directions to that facility just for, as you mentioned, the redundancy to make sure that whenever you want to get to your Instagram pictures, you can. Right. I, mean, I think people sometimes forget <laughs> that we're physically talking. You know, it, it seems like it's all in the cloud, but there are physical things that have to happen. <laughs> there are strands of cable coming from everywhere that have to go in there. So tell me about the, um, I guess a couple of questions this leads me to. So now we have Facebook and we have this other data center. Um, 
does that precipitate now? It it's sort of a green light to lots of other high tech companies going well. Boy, they are a data. They are a place for data and high tech jobs. Um, and so I would imagine that maybe precipitates more opportunities. Yes, that's that's the that was the entire intent of this. We're probably not in the business of pursuing additional data centers anymore, just because they are very. Uh, um, they use a lot of utilities. Yeah. And we need we need those for the rest of the city to continue to grow. But um, when you say Facebook, that opens a lot of doors. That's uh, what I was wondering. So let's, let's use it for our advantage. You know, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, we're gonna we will be knocking on doors, uh, literally and figuratively speaking, over the next you know while here. And, or maybe James, already, they might they might be knocking on yours. Yeah. Well, we. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Usually I'm out there chasing them down. It'd be fun if they would come to us. Um, so and I think me, we are on radars now. Oh, yeah, no question. Uh, tell me about other ancillary. I mean, this isn't, you know, like you said, like manufacturing, but there may be ancillary businesses or feeder things that, that may just need to happen or be in the area or pop up, or do you think is this kind of an, these things are sort of isolated types of uh, businesses? Uh, for the most part, yeah, I think a hyperscale user is kind of a, a, a standalone. Now, with a co-location, that means other companies will be in town putting their gear in there, servicing their gear, which gives us exposure to those companies and has that's an ability, a possibility for us to begin attracting those other companies that are using that facility. Right. Um, one of the things that's going on here now, though, is the construction of this, they're going to need 400 electricians out there. Holy smokes. There are 400 electricians. You know? that so is, one of the uh, things that, that's a lot of Ethernet cables. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? So what they're doing, they've, they've got a, a, a subcontractor, electrical subcontractor, and basically they're, they're going to put up a, a facility here and start training and making uh, electricians. Right. That's the only way they can fill those needs. And so uh, that's a huge opportunity for anybody in the area to come in and get taught how to do it and walk away after the end with a sixty-plus-thousand-dollar-a-year you know skill set. Yeah, um, that's a great, that's a pretty good paycheck for, for learning something, isn't it? Yeah, get paid to learn and then get paid really well to to actually do it. So that's right. those kind of opportunities are out there now. There'll be eleven hundred plus construction workers out there for several years at this point. Amazing. We are talking with uh, James Fenton, the Executive Director of Economic Development for Gallatin, and we're in uh, up against our first break here, James, and we're going to come back and talk more in just a moment here on WHIN for the Sumner County Spotlight brought to you by FNM Bank. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this morning with our guest. Glad to have James Fenton on. Always good to know because uh, he's always got something cooking. He can't talk about everything uh, that he's got cooking, but what can you tell us that's going on right now, James, of uh, the other project? We talked about Facebook, so what else is happening in Gallatin? Yeah, first, just let me mention why they have the code names on everything and why we have to keep things under wraps. 
uh, it's really not because we want to be um, veiled in this this cloak of secrecy. But um, when a company's out looking, if they didn't put a code name on the project, they put their name out of there. All thirteen thousand James Fentons across the United States would be clamoring, banging on their door, saying, "Come to my community." And they so never get anything done them yeah. that way. Exactly. Uh, um, you know, another part of it is is competitive reason. Sometimes they don't want their competitors to know that they're making a move. So they have to slide in under a code name, and then by the time they've gotten there, done all their due diligence, and then they announce, you know, they can surprise their competition. And I think the third reason, Tony, is, is probably the most important, is that sometimes it involves closing a facility in one place and moving it to another place, right. such as happened with Beretta when they came here. Mm-hmm. And if Rumors start unfounded, un, you know, people start talking, they can start losing production, people, it hurts families, it yeah. hurts the company. And so it's really important that it is, stays under a, a code name. So even though it, it looks, you know, it's like, oh, this is just, you know, the city of Gallatin or the government trying to hide things from us. This is on purpose. These These are to help not only employees that already have jobs, competitive reasons for the company that's mm-hmm. doing the looking and um, just the opportunities, like you said, so that not everybody on the planet's clamoring for it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when Beretta was making a decision, if, you know, if everyone had known that, they would have just been over banging on their door, and it would have just made things really difficult. Anyway, uh, I appreciate you letting me share that just for a moment. But, yeah, you asked about what else is going on in, uh, in Gallatin. Um, in the industrial sector itself... Uh, we mentioned Orchard Data Centers. It's coming up out of the ground. We also have a company called DNS Industries, which we just celebrated a groundbreaking last week, which is uh, going to be an 81,000-square-foot facility. And what do they it's do? It's very high-tech. Oh, it's another high-tech. Well, they, they make uh, uh, textiles. And you'd think that was kind of a dying art, but they make textiles that NASA uses and Boeing and the airline industry uses. It's a very high-tech type of... of uh, gotcha. Yeah textile there and uh, it's going to be an incredible facility uh, one of the most uh, you know technologically advanced that, that exists out there right now there and so that one's that one's a really fun uh, company to work with uh, we've got uh, Boise Cascade it's coming up out of the Nashville area they kind of outgrew their space down there and so they'll be uh, announcing here pretty quick that they're taking over what was the final lumber building out on Airport Road. They're going to be doing a lot of improvements out there, putting in a rail spur, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're excited about that happening. Yeah. Let's see. We had uh, a company out of California that recently purchased what we call the Insteel Building, uh, uh, a building out there on, uh, on Steam Plant Road, uh, 70,000 square feet. And they do... Uh, Groundwater remediation, they clean up groundwater, and they have some proprietary methodologies and techniques that they're bringing with them so that they can help us keep Interesting. our environment. new technology. Yeah, yeah. And again, that was just the focus that the city council asked this office to pursue, mm-hmm. just to make sure that what we're doing now is, is where we're going, you know, not where we've been. We love right. our manufacturing. It really has created the city, created who we are, and it continues this day to be, you know, the linchpin that keeps us up and running, particularly through this pandemic. Um, we had our we had some Tier 1 automotive suppliers that shut down because the Tier 1 automotives were, you know, 
shut down for a while there. But they've all opened back up and uh, um, are up and running, and most of them kept running during that shutdown. So uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why the city is, is doing so well financially. Well, and, you know, at the end of the day, people still have to make things. I mean, there'll always be manufacturing of some sort. Um, not everything mm-hmm. is just run on a computer or a cloud these days. You know, you still need physical items. And as long as uh, people do, yeah. um, we have the facilities to do that. Yeah. It's, um, it's, like I said, kind of kept us up and running. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. The, um, we're, we're working with the Gap. Um, I think they're in the process of trying to hire another 500 people. Well, I was going to ask Out you about that right because now. I know the, the lot, some of the retail stores close, but they don't just carry uh, Gap lines. They carry other lines as well. Yeah, Banana Republic, Old Navy, Athleta. You know, they've got several lines there. Mm-hmm. And as most companies that, that have an online presence, their online sales have started to take off. And so um, they're actually looking at, at dedicating some more of their space out there to online fulfillment. They've got 2.3 million square feet yeah. under roof out there. I think it's a monster. And it's great, it is, though. It I mean, it's really pretty cool. There's some really good folks there. Yeah, they, they are one of, the, one of the best community partners that we have. They do some really amazing things for this community. And they are a, a, a great place for people to be employed at, um, especially doing what they do. They can be flexible in their hours, and uh, they, they jump right on with uh, benefits and that kind of stuff. There, it's a great place to work. So, James, when you know, with everything going on, you know, it's not just a matter of landing something. Then we have to follow through on our end of whatever deal. It doesn't matter whether it's <laughs> uh, ground or tax breaks or uh, landscaping. I mean, you, uh, there are a thousand details after the yes. Um, who makes sure all that happened? Because you don't. What you don't want to do is create this great relationship with. Facebook, say, whoever, and then all of a sudden we drop the ball and they get really frustrated and, and bail. Well, How do you follow through uh, on all that kind our, of stuff? Our department heads are really, really strong. The city has done a great job of hiring people that are running in these departments, and I, I can get any of them a call and say, here's a, here's a concern that's been mentioned. Can we work, work through this? How can we work through this? Um, that's... That's part of what this office is all about, is to help na- navigate those, uh, those what can be tricky paths sometimes. But it's, uh, you, you're right, um, the heavy lifting starts after the yes. Even though this took three years to get to this yes, now when you're trying to put up a facility like that, it's, uh, is when the heavy lifting Right, because, I mean, you want to deliver on promises. If we said we could do this, and we, that's, you know, that's what we want to do. Has it, <laughs> has it affected the size of your office, just the amount of work that's going on, or what's happening there? Uh, no, we we uh, are staying at three people. I've got uh, um, Jasmine Grimm uh, takes care of our existing industries, and so she makes, which is probably the most important thing this office does. It doesn't get the splash. It doesn't get all the, the accolades and that kind of stuff, but helping our existing industries stay healthy and grow is extremely important. So Jasmine takes, that's her uh, role. Um, Rosemary Bates, works here in this office also is also in charge of special projects for the city. For instance, the hat track extension that's going on, that's a $35 million road project. She oversees that and a lot of those large projects. So Mm -hmm. she does that and then helps 
with uh, keep the rest of us, you know, between the guardrails. Well, so you know, just I, think, three people. I think it's interesting what you said. Is it, I think you said Jasmine is the one that that keeps us connected to the existing uh, businesses because I think people when they think of economic development, they're only looking ahead and and instead of outside the window here. There's a lot that we have to make sure continues to grow and go uh, and be successful, right? Yes, and if somebody, you know, she is involved with, with helping them find employees. Uh, she has a, a group of the HR folk that get together on a regular basis and can, can talk and share. Um, we have a, a program that's called Gear, Gallatin Expansion and Retention, and that's when we get, you know, 40 to 50 of these companies together um, and, and let them share stories and find out what's going on out there, share resources, that kind of thing. That just keeps them, them healthy. And, and if they have a problem, then they know they call here. And it might just be they need a stop sign someplace, or it mm-hmm. might be that you know something's going on someplace. But here's, here's an indication of how important staying in close contact with these companies are. Several years ago, just when I'd first gotten here, uh, a broker, friend of mine called me and says, you know, you've got one of your companies that's asked me to look for a, a warehouse down in Spring Hill. And I didn't know that, obviously. And so right, I went out right. and talked to him. And the problem was Airport Road had too much traffic. They couldn't get their trucks out. They had a new contract with GM. It was four deliveries a day on time. And if they couldn't get their trucks out of there, they, were gonna they weren't going to be able to stay. Yeah. So... With that information, then I sat down with TDOT, and we got a grant to widen Airport Road. They decided to stay. They spent another $25 million expanding and hired another 300 people. So those are the kind of All because of almost an accidental conversation. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. So I think that this Mm -hmm. is an important part of this interview is that, you know, I think people, when they're done getting the yes or they're done building or whatever it is, they think they're done with the Economic Development Commission. And that is a great example of how that you need to call Economic Development in Gallatin, even if you've been around or maybe you're getting frustrated. It's the ones you don't hear from. And all of a sudden you wake up one morning and they're pulled out and it's something you could have fixed. That's got to drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Because historically, 80% of the jobs, created in a community come from the existing businesses. Right, right, so, exactly. Yeah. 20% are the, are the ones that everybody hears about, but uh, the others are very, very important to a community. Mm-hmm. So are you, we talked a little earlier and maybe a little bit off the air about things that didn't slow down a ton during all of this, and now tax revenues are higher. Like you said, we've got some new car dealers. Those are high big ticket items, um, you know, they, they generate a lot of revenue. Um, so are we, you feeling pretty good? What about the COVID thing? And, and did that uh, slow down any opportunities or companies looking to either relocate or build? Uh, you know, uh, all the stuff that we've uh, announced um, really was started pre-COVID. So, uh, um, you know, we, I have one other company we're speaking to now that, that came through during the shutdown, so it hasn't didn't stop. It did slow down that kind of a feed. But what I find interesting, Tony, um, in June, the city wrote $24 million in building permits. In July, we wrote $27 million in building permits. Last week alone, there were $14 million in building permits. Good Lord, that, that is amazing. Include, it doesn't include the big 
the big ticket items that are coming. You know, it's just there's just a, a consistent. You know, that's, we talked about that growth earlier, and it's just happening here um, because uh, well, uh, planning uh, planning is everything. I'll tell you that, um, and it looks like you know there've been some well thought out. You know, from Long Hollow Pike to Greenlee to you know airport, you name it. Um, it's not this plops in. Oh my God, we got to do this. It's let's make this accessible and looking good and visually aesthetic, uh, aesthetically pleasing. And it seems like a heck of a lot of pre-planning has paid off. I couldn't agree with you more, Tony. It's just, uh, the way that this city has been run. Um, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. And our elected officials are, you know, they're thoughtful. They're not, you know, there are no knee-jerk reactions out there. If there's a concern, they take their time to walk through it. And uh, I think that's appropriate because even though government takes a long time to do things, you know, they they still make mistakes. And can you imagine if they make quick decisions? Yeah, no <laughs> what kidding. What kind of trouble we might be in. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very appreciative of the, the thought process that goes into it. And, boy, you know, you cannot please everybody. No, and if you try to, you'll never get anywhere. And that's just kind of the bottom line. Um, Life goes on. Cities grow. It's going to continue that way. We should be blessed and feel blessed that that it's happening because there's plenty of communities that are not still. Um, I I know communities that had people pull out um, 20, 25 years ago, and they are still scrambling with a little thing here and a little thing there, but, you know, no plan. You you have to plan to succeed, and you have to— uh, put resources to succeeding, and uh, this is going to make hopefully life better in Sumner County for everyone, not just Gallatin. This is a bigger. This no, is bigger than Gallatin. It's the entire region. Sure, Middle Tennessee. Absolutely. You know, they, Facebook came to Middle Tennessee. We just happened to have the land and the utilities and you know the drive, the desire, and the right people in the right places to land it. So, yep, exactly. We're talking with James Fenton, Economic Development of Gallatin, Executive Director, and we're going to come back with more of our program here on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank. Right after these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville, or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning on uh, WHIN and on the phone as we continue to social distance. James Fenton, Executive Director, Economic Development, Gallatin, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we could just go on and on about a thousand different projects, not even including the little ones, um, because there's a heck of a lot of that going on. And when I say little, I don't mean little, but from apartment (laughs) complexes to gas stations Mm -hmm. to... You know, all of those to the courthouse, to uh, the juvenile center, et cetera, that, that project. A um, lot happening, and it seems to be, you know, it seems crazy to me, but is this even as hot or hotter than Nashville? <laughs> uh, you know, when you start looking at the percentage of growth, uh, this study that I was mentioned that the University of Tennessee did had us the fourth fastest growing city in the state behind Murfreesboro, Clarksville, Nashville, and then Gallatin as far as numbers of people yeah. moving. Yeah. And we were the second fastest percentage wise in the state. Yeah. Exactly. Something percent. So so yeah, it's uh, 
it, and it's directly related to Nashville. If we were two counties farther east, you know, they're not seeing the kind of growth we are. So it's the planning and the investment the city has done and the fact that we're a great place and we have, we have land available. There are several large developments. Getting ready to go on. You can, if you drive at 109 and Airport Road down there, yeah. um, yep. that's called Winsong. That one's coming up out of the ground. Yeah. It'll have a big chunk of commercial that's going to be anchored by a Publix, and then there'll be residential. And, and of course, there's a, we didn't even mention the school that's uh, going to be happening, too. So that's going right. to continue mm-hmm. to help the county because there's people moving in, and schools, mm-hmm. are, we don't want them to bust at the seams, you know? No, we are, you know, uh, a lot of people complain about overcrowding, but for the most part, uh, our schools are in really good shape. There are a couple of them that, that probably have too many people in them, but they're looking at redistricting. They get this new one in, and I think they'll be good. It's always really controversial when, you know, the, yeah. the director of schools has to re uh, right. draw those lines. Well, um, let, me, so it's hard to do. let me shift gears a little bit and ask you about this, because, you know, the the announcements and the things that are all coming to fruition now, in a weird mm-hmm. way to me, as an observer and a citizen, is these were unique things that were very, very good for, at least in my opinion, everybody's psyche, if nothing else, during a pandemic everything's getting ugly and then you know these announcements they make a difference i think yes and you know as i told you it took us three years to get there with facebook and i was upset for a long time that they wouldn't just just pull the plug let's just make this announcement but the way it turned out exactly what you were saying tony the fact that it waited until now i think is is that that uplift that's there um really is going to have a big yeah it's almost like there will be life after this and and i think that you can't put a price on that and it makes people feel more optimistic after all success breeds success and we've got a couple of wins here and i think it's going to create more yes uh, that's you know and, and the kind of companies we're going to tony they don't bring three four five hundred jobs at a time right you know? right Maybe we'll get back to that with a corporate announcement someday. But in the meantime, but if it's fifty hundred thousand dollars a year jobs, I mean, hey, <laughs> <Yeah. you know. laughs> right, right. That that does have an impact also. So one of the things this office kind of tracks and tries to stay on top of and, and move forward are things like per capita income. That's very very important. And when I got here, it was about $28,000 a year. We've now moved that up to about $32,400 a year. Our median household income has popped up to $86,000, $58,000 a year. So then those kind of things, those are the needles that we're, we're, we're trying to move also. And, mm-hmm. you know, creating a revenue stream for the city. Right. That's, that's the number one, you know, thing we're supposed to do so that we can, so the city can offer services to all of its uh, constituents. Right. And, and I think kind of, in uh, the thing we've not really touched on is the politics of everything. And this is a testament, again, my opinion, of how to get things done when you work together. Um, and <laughs> we don't hear a lot of the bickering and moaning and complaining. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be some of that behind the scenes and maybe even some on social media and in front of the scenes. 
However, yeah. without people working together, those last three years and landing some of these great opportunities and businesses would never have happened. You've got it. You've nailed it. Yeah. And, and here's an interesting thought process. All of our city council and our mayor, save for one who was born in Hendersonville and moved mm-hmm. here, all of them were born and raised here. Yes. And yes. I talked to my I talked to my peers around the state and around the United States, and most of them that have that same kind of a, a makeup on their of their leadership, they've circled the wagons and they said no. We don't want it. We want it just like it was. Mm-hmm. I don't want a hotel there. I want right. that's where I yep. played when I was a kid, and I want my grandkids to play there. Yep. And we didn't get that conversation here. And you know why? Because when you grow up here, you know, I have not grown up here, but I, I've known so many that have. And it's not like Nashville, where, you know, finding a person born and raised in Nashville is like finding a unicorn. But in Gallatin <laughs> and in Hendersonville, Portland, you name it, in Sumner County, if you imagine growing up there and having those visions of what you wanted the community to be, well, now they're doing it. And, uh, you know, it's not like they didn't know each other before they were elected if they were in, in office. Yeah, they, yeah, they all have been friends, you know, some of them lifelong friends. And, and still, you know, have, uh, again, as we talked earlier, been very thoughtful and, and on how to get someplace They've set these goals out here. The city has this strategic plan, and, and they're following it, and it's making a difference. Yeah, and it sounds like I'm pandering to the politicians about it, but the reality is, I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade here. When, you're, when you work together, um, a lot of really cool things can, can happen, and that's, I think, what we're starting to see, not just for Gallatin, but for all of Sumner, and a rising tide raises all boats. So... You know, when good things start to happen, other good things start to happen. This isn't exclusive to Gallatin. I mean, Hendersonville has things going on. Portland is going crazy. Um, so there's a yep. lot of cool things happening. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to have a community this size, uh, a, a, um, a city, a county rather, that has as many incorporated cities in it. Yes. And sometimes that really gets in the way, but that has not been the case. Yeah, in some of the county, obviously. Well, and I mean, you know, everybody can talk about the, you know, the border wars between Hendersonville and Gallatin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But everybody has their own unique um, landscape, spin on things, uh, uh, residents, and and they all offer it, instead of always going back and forth of what isn't working. What it seems to have happened in the last couple of years, even, is everybody settling into their niche. Gallatin has this. This is a great opportunity for them. Hendersonville has this. Portland has that. White House has this. Um, Goodlettsville has that. You know, whatever. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that's happening um, is that uh, my peer in Hendersonville and Rod Kirk, Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson, who has uh, heads up uh, the Forward Sumner, an overarching group, we, we got together and we um, actually pulled our resources and have put an ad in the magazine uh, just to pushing the entire 386 corridor. Right. Uh, as opposed to just coming to Gallatin or just coming to, 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 to Hendersonville. Oh, man. You, could, actually, you know, if you do that, that could really be amazing. Because um, there's a couple of peel offs, um, some stuff you can't really see. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, Greenlee may be more visible than uh, Exit 7 and, and, uh, or Indian Lake. And then uh, Exit 6 is not bad, but on the uh, south side of the road, you know, it's not as aesthetic as seeing some of the businesses on the mm-hmm. north side of the road. So it, it's just interesting. And I wonder what will happen with, with the way you guys are looking at that now. Well, you know, that's we don't know yet. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because that having us uh, – promote the 386 corridor in tandem with um, the other folks actually was put in our strategic plan also. Our city leaders have, have realized that it's the region. It's not just our borders that we need to worry about. Right. So um, it'll be fun to see as we, um, as we go on down the road. We actually had uh, scheduled um, a trip to see site consultants. The three of us had, but... Then the pandemic hit, so we had to cancel. Yeah. We were going to get well. I tell you what, I, th- together. I think that's a really smart thing to do. Uh, go look. Um, you know, the newer exits are always going to look better than the older ones as you head, you know, back toward Nashville. But that doesn't mean you can't dress things up. You know, aesthetics matter. Um, if it if sure. it's if it's a pleasing and oh, I want to cruise in there, you know, and see what's going on. Those those that corridor project, I think, is just a really smart idea, and it helps everybody. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited about it. I do think that if we can uh, um, build some momentum, just pushing the whole area, we have things to offer that, that Hendersonville doesn't, and Hendersonville has some things to offer that we don't. So I think it, uh, it makes sense for us to kind of combine our resources and our efforts to try to get that up and running. Yeah, that's kind of exciting, actually, because, uh, you know, otherwise they're just, everybody, we're just going, oh, God, more road construction. We're going to, good news is more lanes, bad news is what a nightmare. But if there are sort of uh, offshoots that dress it up, um, make it more, uh, you know, welcoming, um, that's a great thing. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Of course, I'm, I'm excited every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be. So um, I, I don't want to... Uh, the the airport project. Let's just talk about the airport a little bit again. Now that's not a city thing. Is that more of a county thing? But it's it's located where you are, so you know the two are tied together. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the Sumner County Regional Airport. So everybody has a has a hand in it. One of the things, it's sixty three hundred linear feet. It's one of the longest uh, local airports in the state. So it's uh, it's it's really a gem. And they are doing a lot of improvements out there. You can call. We moved Airport Road. The city moved Airport Road to allow the airport to expand because mm-hmm. they were out of land. And so that project took several years, but we finally got the road moved uh, with the help of PDOT. And so once that's happened, right there now, you see concrete being laid and things like that. And that is because there is a pent-up demand for hangar space out there. Yes. And it's uh, just been slowed. I think uh, yeah. I, I think that's going to grow like crazy, and I think the new marketing name was a good move as well. Yeah, uh, well, and, and on that, you know, after World War II, the FAA came around and gave all the small rural airports an M a marker, mile M, you know, M thirty three. We were mile marker thirty three, and so when pilots are uh, out doing something cross-country, whatever, when they see that kind of a, a moniker, an M, whatever, they realize or they think it's a very small airport and they don't want to land there. Right. So changing those call letters to XNX 
made a huge difference. And you know, the fuel sales are up forty percent year it, over year out there. It's a great stopping point. And guess what? When they stop, they might hang out, grab something to eat, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. learn about the area. Naming a music city executive also is just kind of the marketing end of things. One of the, one of the things, and I'm, I'm not a pilot, so I didn't realize this. But uh, I'm telling you, naming it, naming it that was a huge move. Yeah, yeah. Music city executive. So now when people are flying and they can save thousands of dollars, literally, by landing here instead of going into into BNA, just because of the time they have to spend circling there. Okay. Right. right at this moment, maybe not, but, but you know, and so... Uh, well, people don't um, realize what's places. here. Um, I don't think that they realize what's really here. I mean, I took somebody from the hospital all the way down through to Goodlettsville, and they just were blown away. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? This is major. And it, you know, to an outsider, it looks like a gigantic thing, but these are all different things that they're seeing. This is Gallatin. This is the square. This is, you know, uh, the new development toward the south side of Gallatin. These are, you know, this is Greenlee. This is, and you, as you go, and they're just like, what? And that's, uh, you know, any marketing you can do, it all chips in, whether it's pilots landing at the airport or whatever. It seems to me it, it all mm-hmm. contributes. Yeah, and when you get these corporate folks that fly in to use that airport, and they get in their rental, and then they drive into Nashville, Wherever they're going, they they get, they get exposed to us, and that's that's important. And it's uh, um, one of the reasons why I'm excited for what they're doing out there at the airport. Yeah, we are talking with James Fenton right now, Executive Director of Economic Development for Gallatin, Tennessee. We're going to come back with more of our program in our final segment right after these messages here on WHIN. Thanks for joining us this morning. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning in our final segment with James Fenton, Executive Director of Gallatin's Economic Development. And uh, James, let's talk about, uh, you know, of course it just flies out of my head. Okay, I remember. <laughs> um, 109, uh, they're almost done connecting all of that. Um, tell us how that bypass and, and everything's going and how that's going to work or that would it is. impact anybody else? It's it's coming along quick. Obviously, everything on this side of the bridge is done. They're moving forward fairly quickly. I think we still have another uh, 16 to 18 months before it will be finished. But, Tony, I don't think anyone understands what that's going to do to this area. Well, that's what I, I wonder, because I even, along, even along the spots where there aren't a lot of things, that, mm-hmm. to me, screams opportunity. Yeah, if you look at what happened on 840, when they built that, there was nothing out there when they put that road. I thought there. that, that was in the middle there. of nowhere. I'm out there and I'm looking at Dave Ramsey's place and uh, Barry Farms, and I'm like, what uh-huh. is going on? It's unbelievable. Yeah, and so Gallatin, um, in order to get to Gallatin, you have to be going to Gallatin kind of thing. You've got to be going to Gallatin to get up the end of 386. Now, with 109 that bypass being finished and their new interchange up in uh, exit one up by Kentucky, up in the north there, um, you know, being four or five lanes clear from 40 to 65, everyone that comes 
you know, that has to come north, say, on 24 and doesn't want to go through Nashville traffic, right. they'll jump on that and go around. Everybody coming in 40 will go up and around. And the same thing going back, I don't think we understand how much that is going to do for a community because communities start to grow, and not that we're not growing, but uh, when people just drive by and go, wait a minute, I've never been. Right. Let's stop right. and see what this is. And that will start happening then. Well, it will, and I think, you know, it's like... It's, this seems weird, but it's like driving the opposite ways on a freeway. If you've ever had a chance to drive the opposite way, if a road was closed and you were, you know, and you've been in these construction zones, you've seen it, you get a whole different perspective and see other, it creates further opportunities, in, again, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and going against rush hour traffic, that's a huge thing, too. It's that's a huge, very huge thing, yes. Um, uh, I actually put a GoPro on the dash of my car, and I filmed a reverse commute coming up out of Nashville, and that's been part of my conversation with yep. Facebook, yep. with Orchard Data Centers. I, I show them out and say, look, if, even if your guys want to live, your employees want to live in the Gulf, they can still get here, sure. kind of thing. You can get your workforce from anywhere. And access is only going to get better as roads get bigger. Yeah. yeah. So when well, you, we did, uh, go ahead, no, you, you go, I know you wanted to go and touch on another topic, so let's go ahead and do that. Well, I just, I just want to kind of continue on that workforce thing. That's one of the things also uh, uh, that we made sure was in place. As I was asked to pivot from the manufacturing towards technology, we needed to make sure that we had a pipeline of talent available because that's one of the biggest driving factors of any company locating someplace is their ability to hire a workforce. And so we are really fortunate to have Ball State here, and they already have cybersecurity. They've already got fiber programs. They've already got system administration programs. They've got all programming. They've got all those things in place already. And then I facilitated a relationship between the National Tech Council and uh, Ball State to bring um, what's called the Apprentice TN program up here. And that is uh, a boot camp for people that want to get into the technology in the technology that was created in Seattle by Microsoft and Amazon when they couldn't find people. They created a way to put these boot camps together. And so in 14 to 16 weeks, someone could come out and they go into the program already having signed on with a company. They know they have a job when they right. come out. Right, this is real-life stuff here. This isn't just, you know, yeah. speculation. <laughs> this is real things happening. Mm-hmm. So we put that whole pipeline in place so when we're out talking to these companies, we can tell, yeah, here's your workforce. We've already got that covered. For right. And that's huge. And our, because the, make, com- the conversation will end things. real quick if you don't, if you can't say yes to yeah. that. <laughs> right. And that will help us in our conversation as we go out and start talking to more companies, too. By the way, you know, we've already got Facebook here, you know. Right, you know, right, exactly. Table, but gone. Well, you what know, you so do uh, for a living, and, and Rod and Hendersonville and, and the others in the area that you work with, um, it's a bit, and tell me if I'm crazy, and that's fine. I've been told worse. Um, <laughs> is a, it's a fine, um, it, it, it's a mixture of art and science. Um, you have these sort of practical things that you have to make sure uh, meet the requirements for somebody wanting to relocate their business here or build one here. And secondly, you know, it takes some marketing, some savvy, um, and and uh, those kinds of promotional things that that all have to sort of work together to get them to say yes. 
Am I crazy in mm-hmm. thinking that? No, no, um, you're very, very true. Uh, you know, one of the things, again, I, I keep going back to this, but this city invests in itself, and no one's going to go to a town and invest in a town if the town isn't investing in themselves, kind of thing. So that's one of the things, first thing that, that happened here. And it's interesting, all my degrees are in music, of all things. <laughs> Who'd have um, thought, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and I was... Uh, uh, I've been adjunct faculty at Belmont, and I was uh, a middle school director for a small private school in Nashville. Um, and then, you know, took a left turn. I just, it's time to go do something different for a while. And uh, moved to Cheatham County, talked to, got to know people, and went to the leadership program. And one day, this is a true story, I was walking through City Hall, and in the leadership programs, you, you meet all the mayors and all that stuff. And I walked in, mm-hmm. said, hey, Murray, look at my new tennis shoe. Just a, just a dumb reason to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you put your name into this? I said, well, a friend of mine applied, and I thought she'd do a good job. He says, we can't come to a consensus. Would you put your name in? And three days later, I was head of economic development for Cheatham County. <laughs> it was a great fit because I didn't know what it was, and they didn't really know what it is was either. And you but can learn together. Such, yeah, and we have such a solid group here in Middle Tennessee, and everybody took me under their wing and said, here's how it happens. And so, you know. Well, you know, it's a lot different than uh, learning in a classroom. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's nothing Uh, like starting from scratch, and if you're all doing it together and you figure it out. (laughs) And that's kind of where I was headed with this question about art and science and things like that. Now that you've done this a little while, do you... Have you figured out kind of what works in uh, Sumner County and, and Gallatin in particular to uh, to really make an impact? First thing is to listen to who lives here. Figure out, you know, who these people are and what they want. That's, that's the number one thing. When the city went through a rebranding process several years ago, that was the best thing that came out of that cold conversation is... There was a narrative that described Gallatin, and that's where that true, good, amazing grace came from. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is who we are, and we like who we are. So I need to keep that in mind and keep, take that to heart every time I go out. And, you know, I, I, somebody once told me, he said, if you make the best bologna sandwich, don't try to sell me steak. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so with your, soar with your are. strengths, yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Because when that, marketing, when that marketing came out and the slick pieces came out, and there's a fine line between respecting the past, but you don't want it to dictate the future. And so it seemed to me that Gallatin turned into a community of, you know, folded arms and we're not going to do this, to what could we become, I wonder. And look what's just happened in these short few years. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's so fun to be here. I love telling the city story. It, yeah. You know, it makes me get up every single morning. And there's and there's still a charm about it. This is what's interesting, and I think I was talking with, I don't know if it was uh, Mayor Brown or uh, um, or Mayor Clary, but we were just talking about the area, and it's the the area still seems small, quaint, um, cool, uh, almost a destination in some cases, like the square or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is, but. In other ways, it's a it's quite the beast. You know, it, it can be quite a <laughs> quite a big, you know, thriving, growing area, 
uh, to be proud of. So it kind of has both. It's kind of got this charm and small town, but also this, hey, we are more than well prepared to handle something big. And Mayor Brown will, will tell you this. One of the things that we as a city are struggling with because of the growth that we're going through is maintaining that charm, is maintaining our character, who we are. And I think we've done a spectacular job at it. When you mentioned the square, I mean, that's just a, it's just a gym. Well, well yeah, and, I, and that, that's exactly what I was thinking of because the square, as cool as it is, is not as cool as it probably will become. Because that's going to change. Just It just will over time. It may not be a, hey, you know, we just dozed this and we started over. This is a, <laughs> we've got some really cool guts here. Um, you know, it's got the charm of a Franklin kind of thing. It may not have the masses and as many uh, shops and things. But I see that changing. You can already see it changing. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the city investing in itself. They spent $5 million dollars on infrastructure, the hardscapes, and the landscaping down there to create that area down Mm -hmm. there. So, again, the city invested heavily and wisely in themselves, and it is paying off at this time. Yeah, and when all this is over, there's going to be nothing better than just seeing people wandering around down there again. And when they're wandering around, they're going to want to walk into places. So we have to have places for them to walk into. And I know there's incredible incentives from the landlords there to the, the spaces that are available and the opportunities to keep the charm, have that look, that historic look, but really do some unique things there. Yeah, and we're starting to look into how we might be able to uh, encourage some a little more dense uh, development right around the squares. So yes. We get more yeah. people that are down there. And yes. that's, uh, that's, that's just a, we've just kind of starting to take that step haven't even really taken that first step but yeah. that's the direction and I the centerpiece building will still be there it may not be the courthouse anymore yeah. but it's going to be a centerpiece so again more mm-hmm. opportunity a chance to to repurpose things yep and it'll probably be a little more environment possibly when it's not right the yeah yeah not just yeah. a big cold yeah. square building so of limestone or whatever yeah. but but Look, you know you can't like ignore, come in that door so go away you can't ignore the historical significance of it but on the other hand no. um you know it's uh the guts of it are old i mean i've talked to mayor hold mm-hmm. about that so there's there's plenty there yeah. to do um and it's going to get done um we know that there's a lot of hvac and plumbing and things that'll all get taken care of um on top of having a brand new place which is kind of neat yeah I'm excited. I, I talked to the folks that do these studies, and whenever there's an investment of uh, the magnitude that they're going to make in the downtown, they're you know they're going to spend another hundred million dollars downtown. What do you that think? Uh, what do you think downtown Gallatin is going to look like in two years? I wonder. You know, let's just say we're past all well, this, and the scale gets a little quicker. You know, because we were on quite a fast pace, mm-hmm. and then everything kind of slowed down. But let's just say we were mm-hmm. back at our normal pace again. What do you think? I wow, what a good question. I mean, um, I wonder it would be great to get everybody's opinion on that. Mayor Brown's, um, all the council people, just yeah. you know, if we could draw the perfect downtown Gallatin, um, because it's a to me just maybe if not the biggest opportunity that we have. Yes, all the other businesses and Facebook and everything is fantastic and the airport and the and the the thoroughfares and one oh nine and the bypass and this and that and the other, but there's still a city a city center. Mm-hmm. And that's what people I would remember. love to see that 
I would love to, to see, and we talked about some more, you know, dense development around the square so that there are people that are living down there because that's what's going to make the square successful, Tony, is if we have people living around it and that can walk to it and be there sure. all for Lunch and there's going to be people that are going to want to gather, and they're going to want to have lunch outside and on patios. And can, can you imagine what that's going to look like? It could be really, really fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. And I think uh, we even during the, this this time, even now, there are people that are sitting outside on tables and that stuff downstairs, so downtown rather. So it, it's it's there. I think uh, it just needs a little push. Well, and I think some of the great news that we've been hearing over the last couple of months has really helped people get through this. Um, I'm hoping we're on the downslope. I, I feel like we are, you know, unless we have another setback. We've had a couple, but, you know, um, we've all, I feel like we've all deserved it. We all deserve it. We all deserve a chance to get out, get together, be together again, be outside, enjoy life, and see where Sumner County can go with uh, folks like you helping Gallatin uh, just really grow. And we appreciate you taking the time this morning. Uh, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. James Fenton, Executive Director of Economic Development for Gallatin, Tennessee, and we're glad he was on the show. We learned a lot today. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you weren't up to speed, you are now. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight, brought to you by FM Bank at myfmbank.com and at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on WHIN. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.